prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning and we pray that through the reading of your word and through the preaching of your word, you would achieve your purposes in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Daylight saving in the eastern states uh, concluded on the 3rd of April this year and, and now it started again. And yet when we turn to this passage in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we find the instructions to the disciples concerning the nature of life in the kingdom of God, and that does not depend upon the seasons. Uh, Matthew 5, as we have heard read this morning, the Sermon on the Mount is both a challenge to us and an encouragement to us if we have ears to hear. Specifically, we're going to look this morning at Matthew 5, 8, which provides us with a, a heart-searching question regarding the purity of heart and it provides us with a wonderful promise and that is that we shall see God. In the next slide, looking at this context, Matthew records the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son who came to, to save his people from their sins in Matthew 1.21, and then he spoke about repentance for the kingdom of heaven is near. Then he preached the good news about the kingdom and uh, healed the sick, and the crowds gathered around him, and Jesus went up on the mountainside, and his disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them and instruct them, and one of the instructions was in Matthew 5.8, the Beatitudes, meaning blessed, And they all begin in the same way. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart are those whose pursuit of purity and uprightness affects every area of their life. And you'll note that Jesus did not say, blessed are the pure in language, or blessed are the pure in action, or blessed are the pure in speech, or blessed are those with pure, modest clothing. He addresses this message to the disciples and to us concerning our inner and spiritual nature. And he directs his teaching at the hearts of the hearers because the Pharisees were concerned with outward appearance and the workings. But Jesus says reformation and change starts in the heart. And upon the heart is pure And until that heart is pure, life will never be clean and will never be acceptable to God. So that is the context. In the next slide, you'll see the source and the outcome of a pure heart. The purification of the heart is a divine work. As Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 7, you must be born again. And from scripture, we know and believe that there was no man except Jesus Christ, who was ever born with a pure heart, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as Paul quoted um, in Romans 3.12 from Psalms 14, verse 1 and 3, there is no one who does good, not even one. And so a pure heart is never achieved through such things as infant baptism or attending the Lord's Supper or good work ethics, or outward morals alone. 
purification of the heart cannot begin with any outward process. Someone said you might as well try to give a living heart to a marble statue by working upon the outside with a mallet and a chisel. A pure heart is a miracle of God, whereby the Holy Spirit comes upon the individual and their heart is changed. He cleanses the soul and this work is a work of God's grace. It is a transition work. And in your own time, you can go back and have a look at Ephesians chapter 1 for yourself. It is an outgoing work, an ongoing work, a sanctificating work of the Holy Spirit. So when God the Holy Spirit begins our good work in us, we become aware of how undeserving we are. We are saved from the wrath of God. As the Apostle John stated in John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So when this amazing work of divine grace comes, our outlook and our inner desires and our attitudes change. And that's something to give thanks to God for. The Spirit of God begins a work in us. And just as Jesus was preaching on the mountainside, the hearers begin to mourn. Blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. Yes, there comes from the heart a mourning and a longing for God's forgiveness and healing. And there is clear evidence of those with a pure heart, for they seek after that which pleases God. In the next overhead, blessed are the poor in spirit. They recognise their need for God. Blessed are those who mourn. Yes, there's a longing for God's forgiveness and healing, and redemption. Blessed are the meek. There is evidence emanating from the heart that the individual does not assert himself in order to meet their own desires. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There is great evidence of a changed life through the grace of God in a heart that is pure. And the pure heart has a godly sorrow. And what does it produce? It produces repentance, leading to salvation without any regret. You see, the comfort of the soul is found in the comfort of forgiveness and in the comfort of salvation and in the comfort of having a right relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Do you see it in yourself? When we look at the bleeding and bruised saviour we see pardon for our past sins but also an inner desire to put away the sinfulness of the present and to know the assurance that the spirit of God has found us with a foul heart and he has thrown divine light upon our soul and opened up our eyes to see the Lord Jesus Christ the spirit of God shows us that we deserve nothing but to endure the wrath of God. But that divine light has come into our heart, into our minds, and we know 
fear not. That wrath was borne by Jesus on the cross for you and for me. In your place, in your, as a substitute for you, and you are pardoned from the law of sin and death. And now we are saved. The pure heart is saved. The pure heart is pardoned, redeemed, a forgiven sinner. That pure heart says, I will love you with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. When an individual puts their faith and trust personally in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, they no longer desire to follow the ways of the world and the wide path that is laid for you by the devil, but rather with a renewed heart, a pure heart, a heart that loves purity, that seeks after holiness and strives to please the Lord in every word and thought and deed. We need to question ourselves as I questioned myself and I know I fell short. How often do I pray for an increased holiness in my own life? How often do I pray for the work of the Holy Spirit to continue to sanctify me <clears throat> and do a purifying work in me to make me more like Jesus? That we might pray as the psalmist did, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Or as 1 Peter <clears throat> 1.16 says, that we are to be holy. Why? Because the God we love is holy. Well, the text tells us, blessed are those who are pure in heart. And why are they blessed? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 1. But the answer is given to you in this one text of 11 words. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Will you see God? Do you see God? Well, there's two parts. In the next slide, blessed are the pure in heart, because firstly, we see God in this earthly life. Now, for a very long time, when I read this passage... I always thought that we'll see God and I just always thought of the future and I know I will see the Lord in all his glory. But I hadn't, until some time back, um, came to appreciate that I see God more as well in this life while I'm here. Well, where and when you might ask, and I'm glad you did, uh, we see him in nature. An impure heart does not look upon God's creation with any thought of a creator. The impure heart cannot see God within it, but God's handiwork is everywhere. A pure heart delights in what it sees. I see the brilliance of the blue male wren or the Holland honey eater out the front there this morning, but the magnificent blue Wren and the drabness of the female. <laughs> I only mention that because God has thought of everything. Why did they make, why did God make such a drab female? Not that they have it in human form, of course, but um, why the drabness of the, of the female blue wren? It's because she can sit on those eggs and be in, sit on them in camouflage. God's thought of everything. The male doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> Unlike humans. 
I see in this vast universe the marvel of how the sun and the moon are in the right spot just so that we can have earth, uh, have life here on this earth and exist. And I marvel at the fact that there's something like 900,000 species of insects, and if you've been camping, you've probably encountered most of them. <laughs> and something like 400,000 species of plants. Unlike Charles Darwin, I see the hand of God as my creator. And I, I don't exist because of some natural selection or big bang. Without a creator, the universe coming into existence is as likely as creating the Oxford Dictionary with an explosion in a printing factory. <laughs> Do you see God in the creation around you and the variety, the colours? And uh, I did a workshop on watercolour painting up in Balaji recently and I took a whole range of leaves and flowers in for them to look at and they had not even spent enough time to see the, the great detail in all the different leaves in all the structures, that the veins don't go right out to the end of the leaf. I marvel at the composition of the water that enables us to drink it, the air to breathe, the intricacy of the human body. God's hand is upon all of his creation and only the pure in heart appreciates the glory of God in it. And so we see God in this life, in creation, but we also see God in this life, in the scriptures. The impure heart does not see the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God as the Bible. The impure heart doubts the validity of the Bible's contents. And he doubts the canicity of the Bible. And doubts that it has any value for anyone. Yet the pure in heart knows by faith that this is the word of God given to us to make us wise unto salvation through Christ Jesus alone. It is precious in the pure heart because it is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. The pure heart is blessed every day. You see God in creation. You see God in the reading of your word and as you meditate upon it. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It is comforting and it is nourishing to the soul. The Bible is a tool of judgment. The Bible is also a compass that keeps us on pilgrim's narrow path. May it be that we will be like the psalmist who says in Psalm 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. In other words, that I might have a pure heart. So be encouraged today to rejoice in the word of God and delight in it, not neglect it, as it will nourish your soul, it'll feed your soul, you will grow spiritually, otherwise you'll be a malnourished individual. So we see God in creation, we see God in the scriptures, we also see God in the church in the next slide, 
with Christ as their head. The impure heart sees a body of people calling themselves Christian, but they see a people who are weak-willed, needing a crutch, no more than hypocrites. They see a people with faults and failures and imperfections, and they snigger. (laughs) Why do they bother? They see no need for God in their lives, nor do they realise that one day they'll stand before the judge of all the earth and need to give an account of their lives. But the pure in heart loves the church. They see God in his church. They see a people saved by a crucified and risen saviour. Just as they are, saved sinners by the work of this suffering servant. Christ loves the church and he died for the church, for the elect. Yes, we are and we have a new nature, but we still sin. But together we can give thanks to God that we have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And with our pure heart, we can be assured that when we stand before the judgment throne, we stand in the white robes of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his righteousness. The pure heart love the church because we are with those who will be in glory in a future time. So you better get on with them now (laughs) because you're going to be with them later. We also see God working in the lives of individuals. The impure heart sows to reap and to please their sinful nature, Galatians 6, 8. And they do not appreciate how a sinful nature, um, how the pure in heart seek to uh, love more and more the Lord Jesus and to grow in the knowledge and depth of insight, Philippians 1, 9, and nor do they appreciate the passion of the heart to seek and to see the excellencies of Christ. Yet the pure in heart see and appreciate how God is working in the lives of individuals and how lives are being changed and challenged and called to serve him faithfully. The pure in heart shall find comfort and blessing in the attributes and the character of God and they'll discern God bringing change in the lives of people because they'll have an an eye to see what is happening in the lives of people. It's a blessing to the pure in heart to see God in the testimony of a new Christian, to see God guiding children, living a life worthy of the gospel, bringing milk of the word to the young in faith and meat to all believers. It becomes a blessing to see God answering and making known his will and purpose and helping us to grow in the knowledge of our God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, Colossians 1, 10 and 11. And we see a great blessing in Christ too, because the pure in heart have a boldness and an access with confidence of coming to the throne of grace, to the heavenly throne, by the precious blood of the Lamb. We are cleansed, a new creation. Now we are God's servants, messengers of a precious treasure, God blesses us as his ambassadors with the life-changing message of the gospel of salvation. And we see each other as fellow servants of that gospel and with that gospel. 
We are called by God to work together. Surely the pure in heart are richly blessed. For in this life, in Ephesians 1.3, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yes, we are chosen, we are adopted, redeemed, we're forgiven, we're marked with a seal that the promised Holy Spirit and what is more, our inheritance is guaranteed for Jesus has gone before us. The risen Saviour has gone before us and prepared a place for us. So we see God firstly in this earthly life, but secondly, we shall see God in the future. Now be assured, the next slide, <clears throat> we can be assured this morning that those who have seen the Lord God Almighty in this life, here, will surely see him face to face in heaven. And what a blessing that will be. What can we expect when we see God face to face? We shall see God as he is. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We shall see God in all his glory. As Isaiah 33, 17 states, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. When you see God in glory, we will be better understand what we now see and know dimly. Now that in this life, we see him through a dark, through a glass darkly. Someone has said, but through Christ we shall behold God in a very illustrious manner. God will unveil himself and show forth his glory so far as the soul is capable to receive. So we shall see God as he is, but we shall also see God in a transcendent light beyond time and space, surpassing even our every expectation. Just imagine what it will be like to see Jesus wearing uh, the robe of righteousness and with the glory above the angels. And we shall see God and it will be a transforming light. 1 John 3, verse 2 and 3. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And what is more, it'll be a joyful sight. Because Psalm 16, David says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And likewise, Peter says in 1 Peter 1, verse 8 and 9, that though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And Jesus said in John 16, 22, I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy because it will be an everlasting joy, a heavenly joy, and a blessed joy. 
And we shall see God and it will be a satisfying time. We will never weary of looking unto God. Psalm 17, 15, the psalmist was confident and so should we be. And I, in righteousness, I will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. And what can we say about those with an impure heart? It is a misery for them, for they shall not see God. From the scriptures confirmed that only the pure in heart shall see God. As someone has said, they'll have a frightening vision of God, not a blessed vision of God. They shall see the flaming sword and the burning lake, not the mercy seat. The impure heart will feel the fire of God's wrath, not the light and the welcome of the king's face. God calls us to go out across the land and the sea, calling people to faith and having heard the gospel. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved and you will be with God in eternity. That's God's promise to you today. Not only saved from God's wrath, but given a new life in Christ. And with that new life comes a sanctifying pure heart and the believer will see God in all his glory. In the next slide, I want to just leave you with a a challenge and a few words of encouragement. And there are the questions there. Are we showing signs of a pure heart? Do we have a sincere heart? For such a heart serves God with the whole heart, willingly and not grudgingly. And do we have a purity in our desires, with the desires for the things of God rather than the desires of possessions and position and power and personal passions and self-seeking? Do we seek with all our heart not to sin and to put aside all that might cause us to sin? Do we seek to live in a godly manner? But Paul said to the church at Rome, Romans 12, 1, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And do we seek to live a pure life, not only in our labours for the Lord, but in our devotion? in our meditation, in our prayer life, to walk in the light of God's word and to live a life of praise and thanksgiving. May the Lord God Almighty grant that we will be amazed at the privilege of being called saints and we shall behold his glory. May God be pleased to sanctify us by his Holy Spirit that we will be constantly assured that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And with the eye of faith, we know we shall see God. With the eye of faith, we know we shall see God. May God revive us daily and increase our faith. May God be pleased to encourage us in our sufferings and in our disappointments in this life with assurance that a time will come when we, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there'll be no more death or mourning or crying 
or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. Scripture says in Matthew 5.8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. May that be today your pleasure and your delight and blessed assurance. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the encouragement it gives us to rightly live and to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for not only the forgiveness of our sins, but for our hope in glory when we shall be with you and see you and enjoy eternal blessings. And for any here today who do not have those assurances, Lord God, may your Holy Spirit bring revival to the heart that together we will rejoice and be glad of your wondrous love for us and the treasure of your measure of your grace you have shown to us. Help us this day to live uh, worthy of our calling and be more like our Saviour and Lord Jesus Christ in every word and thought and deed. In his name we pray. Amen.